0: Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's
1: Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. What's the difference between an alcoholic and a social alcoholic, if there is any difference? It's interesting to me to see people that say, oh, I'm only a social drinker. Well, what does that exactly mean? My guest is Dr. Thomas Wright. He's a child psychiatrist, and he has got a lot of information for us. So, Dr. Wright, tell us. An alcoholic versus a social drinker or a social alcoholic. What does that even mean these days?
0: Uh, You know, it's it's about the pattern of your use, you know, and I think sometimes people will call themselves a social drinker or a social alcoholic, you know, as a sort of a defense against sort of confronting, you know, what their patterns of drinking are really like. Certainly someone can be social and have a couple of drinks, but a social alcoholic um, would usually have those drinks and have all the symptoms of alcoholism, but they only do it in a social situation. So sometimes they use that as a defense mechanism or a reason to sort of deny the troubles they're having.
1: Well we've always heard Dr. Wright the standard questions for alcoholism, do you drink alone? Do you drink to relieve stress? Do you drink until you're drunk? Does it affect your work and are you, you know functional? All of those questions. But where socialism, you know, social things are concerned. Sometimes, yes, we drink to relieve stress. Or you have a glass of wine at night while you're paying bills. That would be considered drinking alone. What is that considered these days?
0: Well, I think I think certainly one can drink alone, or one can use alcohol in a way on occasion to relieve stress or as a um, as, as sort of a, a reward, I suppose, for a, a difficult week or something like that. But it's really what alcohol when you move into the realm of alcoholism, it's when um, that the patterns be become more regular despite the stress level, despite how the week went, despite, you know, sort of how your kids were that week or what your relationship is with your spouse. So it becomes more regular, and it's not really a once-in-a-while reward or a once-in-a-while event. It becomes a really a regular event that you're sort of um, doing in what we call in the field maladaptive ways. You know, and that that means uh, it may mean that you might be in a social situation while you're drinking, i.e., you're drinking with other people, but um, that you're maybe when you're not there, you're thinking about the alcohol a lot more. Maybe uh, you do drive home when you're intoxicated, you know, and so you're driving, you're putting yourself in dangerous situations. Um, maybe you require, you know, when you first started doing this pattern, you maybe had two drinks, but now you're having three or four. Um, that you find yourself finishing other people's drinks uh, while you're doing it too, and then maybe even you get sort of cravings or even some, some mild withdrawal in the mornings or in an evening where you don't have to happen to be doing that social drinking. Those would be signs that sort of crossed over the line from social drinking to social alcoholism.
1: Now, if you're somebody who likes to, as this country is kind of leaning more towards the European wine, I just see so much more wine information in the media today and resveratrol and how good it could be. And some people such as myself, I like to have a glass of wine pretty much every night, you know, and sometimes it's even two. What does that say about me? Does that say it's an issue or a problem? Uh, or, you know, how do you even discern that? And then if it's not this really considered serious functional problem, what do you do about it? Do you try and taper it back or do you just kind of let it go the way it is?
0: Well, I think, you know, when you look at most of those studies, and I think there's good evidence that uh, a gla- some of the compounds in wine can be useful to you in moderate amounts. So when you look at those studies, they always do stress that it's one or two drinks at the most. It's not excessive amounts of, you know, alcohol that your body needs to detoxify. And um, so I, I don't think there's probably, if that's the pattern, you know, and you're not using it for reasons other than um, just sort of relaxation or a simple drink at the end of the night, if uh, if you start getting cravings about it, if you start, you know, continuously thinking about it, if your drinks, you know, move from one drink a night for two months then two drinks a night. So I would say with you, and I, not that you have a problem, but, you know, if you start moving to three drinks a night or four drinks a night, you know, where you started out just having one, then you might want to examine examine. examine your your sort of pattern and see if there's other things going on with it, too. For instance, are you avoiding other activities that you should be doing, you know, in the evening because you're drinking? Um, You know, are you late for work in the morning? You know, are you not uh, achieving the same things in, you know, your work or your home life that you wanted to before you started drinking? So you don't just look at the amount you're drinking. You look at sort of how you're functioning on top of that.
1: And then what do you do? You know, if you feel that it is becoming something that's out of control, is that the time to seek help? And what do you think about, you know, some of the moderation techniques, the, you know, kind of, you know, limiting the amounts, doing that moderation as opposed to, wow, I think I have a problem all out AA, 12 steps, completely Mm -hmm. quit.
0: Well, I think everyone's an individual, and you have to start out where you want to start out, you know. And so, I don't. I think first of all, finding someone who knows something about it probably makes the most sense, and that could be coming to a place like Rosecrans where I work, you know, and getting an evaluation. It might be talking to someone else that you know has uh, the disease of alcoholism and seeing what their patterns were like. It may be going to an AA meeting. You know, everybody's a little bit individual and needs to start out that that walk with however they feel comfortable starting out that walk. And there are, you know, we're lucky there's lots of places to sort of be able to turn to, to talk to someone else about it. And I think one of the reasons why I always say talk to someone else is because um, in our own heads we can develop our own denial patterns, you know, to, to face some things. Sometimes if you say those things, what's happening to you out loud to someone else, they can give you a perspective that sometimes is just not available to you in your own head.
1: That's really good advice because it does, sometimes we tell ourselves certain things, whether it's about our weight or our exercise habits, or our drinking, or really any of those things that would be health-related, and we can definitely, you know, kind of put the veil over our own self. So when you tell it to someone else, especially somebody who is a non-biased judge, they're going to be able to give you a clearer picture. So you say that we need to take a look at what we're doing, and these kinds of behaviors, whether it affects us or not. If it doesn't, affect us, Dr. Wright, if we're still really functional, doing work, everything, then is it a problem just for the simple fact? Because I know people who say, oh, if you have a drink every night, it's a problem no matter what you else you're getting done during the day.
0: No, I I don't think if you're just because you're having a drink at night doesn't mean that it's a problem. Again, you have to look at the other patterns along with it, you know, if you're not getting other things done, I mean, if you're having a drink every night and you're doing that instead of taking your child to a piano lesson or you know to baseball practice or something like that, then maybe a drink at night could be a problem for some people. But if you know if you're doing everything else that you should be doing and um, and other people around you are sort of confirming that, and you've talked to someone else and said, you know, an, an, an objective person like you point out, and they don't see a problem, then I, I think that, that that can be fine. I mean, alcoholism or alcohol can be just a social sort of, you know, taste function for some people. And But you just have to be open to your use patterns and being willing to sort of confront if it if it does seem to be moving or changing or moving into more of a pathology sort of range of behaviors.
1: Well, and also because it is part of certain cultures and it's part of this new age of cooking and restaurants and, you know, these beautiful glasses of wine and all of these things, so it is kind of hard to discern that. In just the last minute, please, Dr. Wright, if you would, wrap it up for us. Give us your best advice on determining whether you're a social alcoholic or what the difference is between really true alcoholism and something that you're doing that really doesn't hurt and may even help.
0: Yeah, so the, really, what you're looking at is the difference between social drinking and social alcoholism, and alcoholism a part, uh, you know, of drinking would be something that would be again moving into the pathology range, and that's when you begin to worry. And so, the really the hallmark things that you want to look for there is your tolerance changing, you know, with your social drinking at night, you know, i.e., are you needing to drink more in order to get the same kind of effect, or that you can't even socialize unless you are drinking? Um, so, is your tolerance changing? Are there some symptoms of withdrawal, even mild? withdrawal, like you find yourself craving in the morning or craving in the afternoon before you're drinking or that you're obsessing about that first drink or when, you know, the time will come for you getting the drink. If you're sort of thinking overly, excessively thinking about that, you might have some anxiety or shakiness, some sweating, vomiting even, you know, that might be signs of withdrawal. So if you see some withdrawals, um, that that uh, uh, would be a problem. And if you've sort of lost control over your drinking, like you can't find you can't even go a night.
1: So those are all signs that it might be an issue. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Radio MD. Stay well.